Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Till Death Do Us podcast. I've done a number of these now and COVID has really fueled my desire to speak to all sorts of suppliers around town and uh, today I have the pleasure of speaking to Karis White. She's a celebrant in Melbourne, bit of a legend really. She's been around for over seven years and in that time she's conducted over 750 wedding ceremonies. That's an amazing number and she's got so much great advice today. I can't wait to share this with you all. So enjoy and uh, as always if you've got any questions about your ceremony and what you've got planned please reach out Uh, we're here to help you karis welcome thanks for uh thanks for your time today it's really exciting to be speaking to you about all things wedding celebrancy how are you going yeah great thanks so much for having me it's lovely to speak to you too now I know you've been you've been a celebrant for many years. Tell me a little bit about you know when it all started and how you got into it. Sure. So yeah, I've been a celebrant for just over ten years. So way back when in the planning process of my own wedding, I just loved weddings. Um, obviously, got married myself and thought, what can I do in this industry? And because I have a background in singing, um, I was singing for Opera Australia at the time, oh, wow. and I sort of thought. If I can sing in front of people, surely I can speak in front of people. So um, when my firstborn was six months old, I went back and studied this course um, all those years ago. And it, literally the course was, I think, over a weekend. It's changed much, um, a lot now. But did this course and then had to do some online components and then write to the AG's department um, and then got registered. And I think, you know, in my first year I probably did – I don't know, maybe 10 weddings, and it sort of yeah. blossomed to be over 100 a year. Fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, do you remember your first wedding? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that never leaves you. Even for us as videographers, I still remember that first wedding I ever shot, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I actually had a girlfriend come, um, and she just sat out in the car <laughs> for me. <laughs> Did she really? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, my support system. Um, oh, yeah, no, I was totally nervous. I can I can picture what the bride was wearing and where I was, and I remember the rehearsal vividly, and, oh, I totally remember it. You know, talking about rehearsals and the couple, um, what we do uh, within the wedding space, it is such a personal service, right? Definitely. How how important is it within what you do, celebrancy? How important is it to have that really good rapport with couples? And how how do you nurture that? What do you do before even you know maybe booking a couple or when you first meet with them? Yeah, look, I think it's it's really important, and obviously everybody has an individual style, and um, not every couple will gel with a celebrant that they think they'll gel with. So I always, well, pre-corona, I used to meet my couples at a restaurant or a bar just in High Street Northcote, and we'd sort of chat through everything. I never put pressure on my clients to make a decision, so sort of leave it open-ended. We have a great 
chat over coffee or a glass of wine. Um, sometimes we fill in the notice of intended marriage, which never locks them into a celebrant, but it's quite hard sometimes to get together to fill in that form. And then I just leave it open-ended and then we'll often meet again and have a Skype conversation once they decide that they've wanted to book. And then I've got a sort of a book of resources that we go through together and chat about the style that they're thinking they want their wedding to be. Um, it's very important for me too to actually sort of have some relationship with the family so if we do have a rehearsal it's so lovely for me to meet the parents i had a bride recently i was at the lake house in dalesford actually and the bride saw that i was there through my instagram stories and said oh my gosh my parents are there and i said oh tell them to come find me so her mom came and found me and we had this lovely chat and then of course yeah. i met again at the rehearsal and by the time the wedding came around really it was like an old friend you know they knew me and I knew them it was this lovely meaningful relationship and it makes it it makes it so much more special when I have that all-encompassed relationship with the family yeah absolutely and I haven't seen you work so many times you you do bring such a personal experience to to each service and and it really shows just how much time you invest in each couple. And it is so important. You know, couples don't realise that, you you know, as a celebrant, you need to have some sort of backstory. You need to know how they met and, you know, what is it about them that's unique to them. And, uh, and that always comes through your wedding ceremonies, you know. Oh, thanks, Anthony. That's lovely. How how do you how do you structure each ceremony? What What, what process do you go through with each couple? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, obviously every story is unique and that's my greatest challenge is to sort of capture their story and get as much information about their relationship as possible. So basically I sit down and chat about their day and write down some notes. And then if I meet yep. them again via Skype, I do the same thing. Or if there's some holes in the story, I'll ask them a bit more. And then I get them to fill in a questionnaire and I never get them to do this together because two questionnaires with these, you know, I think there's about 30 questions there. If they yeah. do it individually, it means that, it get, you know, I get a great cross-section of their relationship and I can put it together in, in a really meaningful way. If they do it yeah, together, right. it's, it's just half the content to write the ceremony from. So I always say, uh, you know, a more expansive questionnaire means a better ceremony and that, that is the truth through and through. Some of my yeah, best sure. work has been by people who've written really comprehensive questions answers to those questions it, it makes for a great ceremony sure do you ever find some couples cheating and doing it together or oh yeah and the worst yeah. is you know the one question you know it's like what do you love about your fiance and it's like you know oh she's got great eyes and, and a beautiful smile and I'm like well I could have told you that myself so you know I always say you know you got to give me you got to give me something because I'm effectively a stranger to these people so that's that is my greatest challenge for them to break down those barriers and feel comfortable enough with me to give me great content yeah, absolutely. And it is so much actually about that, isn't it? Breaking down those barriers so that they can totally open up and just, it's a hard thing for people to do, isn't it? I mean, it really is. 
Oh, and some of the questions, you know, I often get responses from people going, oh, gosh, that, that was really hard. I never, I've never thought about that question before. And it was really hard to put pen to paper and come up with, you know, an answer for you. And so it is, it is nice for them to then share once they've written the questionnaires independently to share them together and go, oh, wow. You know, it's, it's lovely. I often get, you know, often get great remarks from people going, wow, you've really made us stop and think about our relationship in a different way. Wow, that's fantastic. That is really yeah. fantastic. So I, I suspect that some of those answers, you know, are kept uh, are kept until the ceremony itself. Is that right? Um, yes and no. So you know, every celebrant works in a different way, and sure. sort of the new cool thing to do is to just say the ceremony fresh on the day. However, I always have got my clients to cast their eyes over it because sometimes people give me really inappropriate content and then I, right. <laughs> and then I weave, it, weave it into the ceremony and they read it back and go, oh, gosh, no, 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 no. We can't. Right. <laughs> so if I said that fresh on the wedding day and they'd never cast their eyes over it, I, I'd be worried about the looks I would get. <laughs> right. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, um, you know, some of my favorite um, ceremonies are when couples write their own vows. And I, I think for me personally, it's really important to write your own vows. What, what's your advice for couples and how do you manage that process? Yeah, look, I totally agree with you. It's it's the most special part of a ceremony and they are so individual and and so unique. And Sometimes people have no idea where to start. So uh, yeah. do you have a sort of um, a vow book that's got about 40 different examples in it so people can look at it and get an idea of the structure and how many lines it should be and how big it should be, uh, whether or not they want to weave humor through it or they want it all to be serious. Um, yep. But I often say, you know, Longer vows can be challenging because if they want me to say it first or um, then they've got to repeat it, it can feel like mm. they're up there forever. Sure. And also I try to get them to be balanced. So if one person's vows are, are really serious and the other person's are very humorous, I'll, I'll go back to them both and say, you know, could you weave some humor through yours and could you weave some seriousness through yours? Oh, so that, you know, wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because I think there's nothing. There would be. It would be very tricky for uh, a couple to stand up there and one of the partners to say something and and it be totally different to the others. So they. Yeah. That's, that's what people often ask me. Look, if they're so contrasting, can you please come back to us and, and let us know so that they're balanced? Um, and then you know, just it's all from the heart. You know, you don't have to overthink it. And I think that's what yeah. some will do is they try to write a, a mini monologue of of you know hundreds of lines but it doesn't need yeah. to be that you know just go with your gut and what you feel um about you know your future husband or your future wife and you don't you don't need to overthink it and and I am that's my job you know I'm there to read over it and if they have if they you know sometimes I'll get vows back that have repeated the line a, in a similar way two or three times between you know nine lines of vows and i'll say oh look i've just reworded this because we could get rid of these other two lines and then they read mm. it back and go oh gosh you know i i couldn't figure out how to do that so that's you know trust your celebrant trust the process of that as well yeah amazing such great advice absolutely 
It's interesting because as you as you talk, and I'm reflecting on when we're shooting ceremonies, and and there's a reason why it always seems so seamless, and that's because there is all this hard work being put in, you know, before the ceremony. It's so easy to take for granted. Um, what uh, what about memorizing the vows? So I've seen it done only a few times, and I think it's really special when couples do it because they're looking into each other's eyes. Oh, yes. It's just incredible, right? Um, it's it's what? somewhat what? risky, but what, what advice do you give? Have any couples ever suggested that they do it? Oh, look, I... I... <laughs> I don't, I don't often tell people to do it. The reason yeah. is, is that as so I've done over 750 weddings and I've only had one yeah. person successfully memorize them and he was a, <laughs> Just he was one. a okay. The odds are right. <laughs> he was a neurosurgeon, I must add. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. So, um, and the reason is, is because I once had a groom who was like a deer caught in headlights and he just got through one line and he looked at me and he'd forgotten them, which was fine. And I dictated the next line to him, but he just couldn't, he just couldn't grasp what I was saying. Um, and the look of fear on his face was, was so, I, I will never forget. The moment, and and I think it's too pressure filled. So it is, although it is beautiful and amazing, and if they can do it, I highly recommend it. But does it happen often? No. Um, so I always say, give me your vows two weeks before your wedding day. I put them in the final draft of my ceremony, so my couples don't have to carry anything on the day, and then. If they don't want me to dictate them, then I stand next to them so I'm not seen by the photographer or videographer and I follow along with my finger. Yeah, sure. And then I pause. And where I pause, they look up. And then they go again. And then I do the same thing. So it's kind of like a seamless transaction where it's almost like they've memorized them, but they don't have the pressure of memorizing them. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. All right. Um, You know, uh, the ceremony, weddings, beautiful ritual. And, of course, for the most part, it's there for family. You know, family is such an important part of the whole day. For sure. Some couples want to involve their families and family members in many different ways, you know, like speeches at the reception. Um, there's a whole host of different roles, if you like. But what about within the ceremony? Um, what, what are your thoughts on family members d- doing some readings or any other sort of um, part of the ceremony? What, what are your thoughts and suggestions there? Look, I, I love it. I'm, there's nothing better than having family included in your day and, you know, Every couple is so unique. There's different ways that you can weave people in. Readings are great because it also means we can vary um, the position of the couple through the ceremony so that you guys can get a different perspective on your videography and and photography. Um, So readings are great. Obviously, you know, we have... um, nieces and nephews who are who are great ring bearers and page boys and flower yeah. girls um and then we can you know there's all these other little rituals that some people love and some people don't love so you can always be family members but i think look i just think about the whole day and and the perspective that that the photography and the videography can capture and how how special is that that you can have those memories to look back on of these family members being weaved through the day and equally yeah. as important if you have someone who's passed away you know there's lovely things that we can do to honor those family members whether it's a lighting of a candle or a reading or you know pausing in their memory there's it's it's a beautiful way to include people so if people are up for it i love it yeah yeah fantastic 
And um, onto the wedding rehearsal, is it something that you recommend or do you just wing it on the day, which which does happen, believe it or not? But what what's your what's your thought yeah. on the rehearsal? Look, um, I guess my structure is a bit old school, so I always do a rehearsal. I know that it's it's a thing that that celebrants are, are sort of trying to not do these days. Um, and and to be perfectly honest, to make things in a household effective, I've had to transcend my rehearsals to to school hours, which um, has made my life. You know, it's made my life easier because I was finding that I, I was out until ten o'clock at night every night trying to do rehearsals with everybody so I still do a rehearsal with every client it just means that it's done during the daytime hours and either at my house or um, at an inner city park and if people want me to come to the rehearsal then of course I'll always go to the rehearsal so I I always do them purely because I can meet the family members which is lovely for me to have that relationship on the day and also I want my clients to to feel comfortable I I want them to know where where I'm going to stand where they're going to stand if we change the position in the ceremony why are we doing that and where am I going there'd be nothing worse than me going off to the side to do a reading and not (laughs) not knowing what was going on yeah totally totally um I don't to stand up there and look like they've got no idea what they're doing so I think it's re- I think it's really important and it's important um, because it makes it a seamless transaction for, for you guys to capture too you you know it's like a I've said this wrote this once in a blog that it's like a well choreographed dance if you know yeah. what everybody's doing it's so much easier for everybody to to be involved yeah, and I'm thinking too to add to that. I mean, it's important for the couple to not be thinking about what they should be doing next and just enjoying being there and realizing and you know feeling you know like this this really important milestone in their life. You know, yes, hundred percent. Um, rather than feeling anxious about oh where should we be stepping, etc. So for sure, yeah. yeah, rehearsal is definitely important. Yeah. Um. You're now a couple of we, we often get questions about this and we always handball it and say, look, you know, this is our advice, but also speak to your celebrant. Two things. Firstly, a couple of thinking of having an outdoor ceremony. What's your advice? And also, um, you know, family members and how you do the seating at the ceremony. You know, there's there's the traditional way of one, you know, the groom or the or whatever one person and the couple on one side and then the Mm. rest of the family on the other what are your thoughts on both so i always do the opposite of what you should should traditionally for seating a family so i make the groom side sit on the bride's um the bride side and the bride's family sit on the groom side because it means that the bride's family are going to see her face directly if they're stand if the couple's standing facing each other um so so basically I get the opposite to happen. So if we've got a same sex couple, I get her par- her parents to sit on um, the other bride side and, you know, the other bride's family to sit on so that they're crossing and they can see each other's face. There's nothing yeah, worse right. than, there's nothing worse than just seeing your, um, your daughter or your son's nose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. You want to be able to see their face. So that's what I do. And look, I always say if the family's at the rehearsal, I always say to the parents, this doesn't suit everybody. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it. So it's to your discretion and what you feel comfortable with. But I know if it was my child getting married, I would want to see their expression. Yeah. Yeah. 
And an outdoor yeah. wedding, I'm sure that you, I don't know, I'm sure you've heard my story about the outdoor wedding that I got stuck in and had to buy a new dress. And I'm not sure if you've heard that story. No, I haven't but, heard this story. Tell me. But it's a, it's a ripper. Um, well, it was at the Britannic. I love a ripper story, Karis. Go on. <laughs> it was at the Botanic Gardens. Uh, so this couple booked me uh, from New York. They were yep. ba- they were born and bred in Melbourne and lived in New York. Um, and when we had their rehearsal at the Botanic Gardens, there was thunderstorms predicted. And I said to them at the rehearsal, look, what's your backup plan? <laughs> you know, it's it, thunderstorms are predicted and I'm not sure what, what you guys are thinking, but we need to plan for this. And they just went, not going to happen to us. Doesn't matter. And I was like, well, no, you actually should plan for the the worst case scenario. Um, And the Botanic Gardens doesn't let you have a marquee. So the only thing that they could do was get more market umbrellas. And I said, well, at very least get as many market umbrellas as you can. So I've arrived for the rehearsal and like, this is no exaggeration, boom, crash, boom, the heavens open. And I'm sure you're aware of those Melbourne days when it rains like torrential rain coming in sideways. Um, And I was sitting in my car and it was so heavy. I literally could not get out of the car. And so I called every contact on my list and finally got through to the bride's mother. And I'm like, I don't know what, I can't even get out of my car. I can't get my PA out. I can't, I can't even get out of the car. It's raining so heavy. What are we going to do? And she's like, oh, I've got no idea. So she got the groom to ring me. And there was this little rotunda in the Botanic Gardens. I said, meet me there. This is right above the ceremony space. I can't remember the long space of where they were getting married. So he meets me there. And there's a first birthday going on in this rotunda. And I sort of popped my head in and said, uh, any chance you're finishing up soon? We've got a wedding starting in a half an hour. It doesn't look like we're going to be able to have the wedding at the spot that we were going to. And they're like, sorry, now we've booked it. And I was like, okay, fair enough. So I said to the groom, what are we going to do? And he said, oh, well, we'll just have to push ahead. So in traipse all of their guests and like it's raining so hard that the paths are flooded and everybody, everybody's trying to get space. But of course the chairs were still set up. So I basically got, and I took my PA silly out of my bag and sort of set it up and said, look, can we just all grab a chair and put the chairs against um, this one tree and we'll just have to huddle in. Now the bride was waiting in the car and we had a break in the weather and I was like, Oh, you're a beauty. (laughs) So I got on the phone and rang the bride and said, come on quick. We got to do it now. And she toed and froed and toed and froed with the groom for about 10 minutes, which was 10 minutes too long. And another weather system came through. So at this point you have a hundred, you have about 120 guests huddling under four market umbrellas. You've got the Blake's Feast catering huddling under their umbrella. You've got, me holding an umbrella over my PA system. And finally, I looked at the groom. Now, this was literally an hour and a half past the time that the wedding was supposed to start. And I oh. said, you, we need to jump into action plan here because this toing and throwing, nothing's happening. So we called Alto in the city. I um, loaded a couple of groomsmen in my car. Everybody got taxis. And of course, the weather was so heavy that the flood, there was flooding in the city. <laughs> so, so it took literally about another hour to get into Alto. Oh, and luck, goodness. Lucky for me, H&M were at the bottom of Alto because by this point, I was wearing a long dress that had 
it, it had literally absorbed the water from the ground up. So my, dre- my dress was saturated. So the groomsmen uh, once carried my PA. Uh, we ran, I run into Alto. I grab a size 10. Oh, no, run into H&M, grab a size 10 dress off the rack. There's a huge line. It's Christmas. So there's a huge line of people paying. I ran to the front of the line. I'm like, brother, sorry, I have to buy this dress. Got to do a wedding. <laughs> Bought the dress ran upstairs and got changed, put the dress on and realized that my underwear and my bra were so soaking wet that they started to leach through this new dress. (laughs) And I'm like, oh God, what am I going to do now? So you can only use your imagination as to what I had to do. I can't imagine. Yes, go on. And uh, and we have done the wedding. And the irony of the day is actually Leo Farrell was the photographer. And the irony of the day is that you look back on these photos and they are they are flawless. Like my hair, there's not a hair out of place. This new dress complemented the shoes. Like it, was, it, it, it all worked out amazingly well. But um, but in the end, you know, uh, shoes and watches and PA bags were ruined. And, uh, oh, and, and I think the I PA had, too. Oh, the that's PA was okay. Actually, the PA was okay. It was my PA bag, but I got home four hours uh, later than I should have. It was uh, it was epic. So, the moral of the story is: if you have There's an outdoor, there's a few morals of the story. <laughs> the story, go on. If you have an outdoor wedding and no backup plan in Melbourne, you are in trouble. <laughs> totally, and you know, not hiring a professional celebrant who knows what to do in that scenario you'd be in big trouble you managed to deal with that very very well yeah well it was one to write home about that's for sure well bear with me bear with me yes that's okay no worries okay yep go grab one and i'll be there in a sec okay um that's my five-year-old obviously uh so yeah look um uh, epic story. I think that's probably the weekend that we were meant to have a, a wedding in Yoroa and it got totally flooded yes. out and the, the bride had to reschedule her wedding because it was just so bad. Yeah, and you can't plan you can't plan for that. And Melbourne does that, you know, a couple of times a year and, and unfortunately if, you, if you're not organised, um, things like having to replan a wedding, that's really tricky as we know. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Um, a couple of more questions. One is about, you know, COVID. Uh, mm. It's the inevitable question. I think um, it's changing the world and uh, mm. and I don't think the wedding industry is going to be immune to that. It's going to change things for us. Where do you think weddings are going to be post-COVID? Um, how do you think it's going to change what we do? Well, I think... You know, first of all, people will have to maybe restructure their day. So, you know, if they're wanting to get married, they're going to have to realize that perhaps they're not going to be able to have as many guests as they wanted to. Perhaps there's not going to be a dance floor. Um, I know that in the early days, the government wasn't letting people cut their cake either. So, you know, you have to be prepared for, um, unfortunately, some of your dream things not happening Um, you can still have a a beautiful, intimate celebration um, and it can be just as meaningful, uh, but you'll have to get your head around the fact that it it will look different to what you've originally thought, which which is hard for some people. The other interesting thing about COVID and weddings and the social distancing... Uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, when you when you when we think about weddings in the past, it was all about family and bringing people together and and the hugs and the kisses. Mm. So I do wonder how that might play out. It'll take a while. I think things will get back there, um, but it might yeah. take a little while. I mean, it's you know, this is the challenge for everybody and myself included because I'm a bit of a hugger. Um, is that you know. All of those things are different now and a wedding is an affair where everyone wants to come in and and hug and kiss you and um and we have seen a few weddings in sydney where you know the people who didn't know they had coronavirus spread it to a lot of people so there is a people will have to be mindful of this and certainly for me and and socialize you know social distancing the bridal party i mean this is a really tricky thing if you've got a huge bridal party in a small space um that's not possible. So, um, you know, lots of things to consider for sure. It's, it's, it's yeah, very different. But on the flip side to all this, of course, is that I, I think there's going to be uh, a, a real sense of not taking your family for granted. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. You know, I think if we can bring it back to, to what this beautiful ritual is all about and bringing family together, I, I think it's, it, it could be, you know, a real gift to, to, the whole, to the whole industry and what we do. Oh, for sure. And I think, no. you know, there, there is always a silver lining in everything and the silver lining in this is that, you know, what, what's, re- what's really important to people yeah. and it's, it's relationships and it's, it's having, you know, your family and, and if you have to have a small affair, well, your closest friends that, that mean the most to you and having a really beautiful time with them. Uh, that excites me, you know, it really does. Yeah. Some of my favourite memories of weddings is when you walk into a room and you just feel the people's connection and love between people and you just you can just feel it straight away. And I've been to weddings where the budget was really low. I mean, it was just on a shoestring. And I've been to weddings where, you know, they've spent hundreds of thousands and you can have you can have those loving relationships in all kinds of weddings. Um, And I think that's that's really important sometimes people lose sight of what an actual wedding is all about you know yeah definitely so and and what's really important for sure and it, it certainly has affected our industry in a huge way actually i did a wedding at stones of the yarra valley my last wedding before we got shut down for the first yeah, right. the first time and um it was a beautiful huge wedding um lost in love with the photographers um yep. toby toby was singing it was a stunningly beautiful day and yep. the ceremony had just finished um and i was packing up and the, the father of the groom came over to me and said you know thank you for such a beautiful ceremony and my pa bag was kind of hidden around the corner of the chapel because it was an outdoor ceremony and and I burst into tears because Toby Toby was singing this beautiful song and it was the most brilliant day. And one of, um, actually, it was a videographer who, who came across my path and said, are you okay? And I said, oh, <laughs> I said, it's actually changed. This, this virus will change our industry 
for a long time. And I think that he thought that I was being over dramatic. And I said, you know, I, I've been so fortunate to be a part of this for yeah. 10 years and so That's many beautiful, intimate moments. And I guess I was just grieving in that second for what that meant for, for the future of the weddings. And, you know, like you've just said, actually, maybe it just means that um, we'll still have as meaningful a day it'll just be on a smaller scale and that is and that will be just as beautiful yeah totally totally Karis let's end on a high um I know I've got many many great memories of weddings but uh what's what's some of your most uh, I mean you've already you've already given us some but tell me uh what's some of your most fondest memories of a wedding or weddings Oh, look, I love, I love when the door opens and, um, you know, and the bride walks down the aisle and that first moment of their partner seeing them, that's just, I love taking that in. That's incredible um, and incredible yeah. to witness, um, you know, them seeing each other for the first time. Um, I've experienced so many amazing things, cultural dancing, um, you know, prayers. I've been a part of sort of celebrations where it's been cross-culture, where there's all also been you know a priest there and me present and I've witnessed things that I never would have um had I not have been in this industry but one of the weddings that stands out the most to me was actually um it's actually a groom who'd lost both parents um mm. and and right at the vows um he had two sunbeams come down on him from either side of of the heavens essentially whilst he was saying his vows wow. and it's it stopped us all in our tracks and i think in that 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 will stay with me forever in that moment um you know it, it's just never been so clear wow. to me that that pe Beautiful. other people other people are with us um and it's so special for for everyone and it's an incredible thing to be a part of. So whether or not it's a backyard wedding or a huge wedding at a big venue, um, they're all they're all equally as special in their own right, and it's a real privilege to be a part of this industry. Absolutely, Karis, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. You're an absolute professional. You've been around oh, for, for 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 so long and have you know been a celebrant to many many couples. And it really shows in all the advice that you've given us today. So thanks so much for your time. I so appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. It was lovely speaking to you.